Red Bull have rounded out a bittersweet weekend to take the Constructors' Championship three races early. They cannot be beaten. Uh, neither, apparently, can their driver, Max Verstappen. Uh, we leave Austin wondering how long his winning streak will last and whether he can, uh, you know, how much he can add on to the uh, to the 13 race wins in a season that he is currently uh, accrued. Um, welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. Uh, where this is episode 240. Uh, we are here to discuss the United States Grand Prix. Uh, my name is Owen Medford, and joining me today we have Jamie Cooper from Everything F1. I made a mistake there. Sorry. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Uh, we have then F- F1 expert Alex Booth. Hello. Nice to be back. I haven't been here for a while. Yep. And Jonah Gould from the Soft Tire Podcast. Hi everyone. Welcome to my side of the pond. Uh, but first, if you enjoy this podcast, we would love if you could take five to leave us a five-star review, five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, you'll automatically go into our monthly draw to win a Grid Talk t-shirt from our champion range of merch. If you're And if you're one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to this channel, where have you been, um, please consider helping us out with a like and subscribe. So yeah, that is uh, 13 wins for Max Verstappen, Alex. And um, as it, it's kind of... It's kind of uh, he's been unstoppable um, this this year, to be honest, and this weekend um, in particular. But he's not had it all his own way. Um, do you see that sort of trend continuing uh, after sort of kind of dominant performance, given the circumstances in Cota? I certainly do uh, for the for the remaining three races. Although I, I, I would expect in Mexico the. Uh, I think Sergio Perez will probably take victory there if uh, if he's if he's in the running for it because he'd very much like to win his home Grand Prix. Uh, but yeah, for the for the remaining three races, I cannot see uh, Red Bull's winning streak coming to an end. They're just they're just in a different league at the moment compared to uh, everyone else. Ferrari have got seem to hack it on a Saturday, but they just can't translate it into into the race. Um, I think I know Science was punted off in the first corner, but I don't really think uh, he would have made made much of a difference to the outcome of the race. To be honest, I still think it. It had uh, Max Verstappen written all over it. He, uh, it looked like it wasn't going to go there when uh, they had that shambolic pit stop, but the pace of, of that car and, uh, and the way he's driving at the moment, it was just it was never really in doubt, was it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you would have said with a tyre advantage uh, in terms of longevity, Lewis Hamilton, uh, who finished in second, uh, Jamie would have would have you know been able to to help to fend off um, the now two time world champion, but it just wasn't to be, was it? No, as soon as, you know, Verstappen got into that DRS with a long straight, it was pretty much right on the wall, uh, unfortunately. It gave a valiant effort. Who would have thought we would have had that Mercedes leading their race when we, when we looked back at the start of the season and how bad it was? Yeah, um, and it's, it's happening more and more often. It's getting to the point where they almost need just, probably, ironically enough, a, a couple more races. Um just to, just to get right on top of that car and they might be able to extract a win from it. Um, I'm sure they'll be able to do that next year um, with that l- larger number of races. Um, behind, we have someone who had a... In third place, sorry, rounding out the podium, we have someone who really did, to be honest, the best with what he could do, uh, Jonah. Um, yeah, best with what he'd be given, sorry. Uh, Charles Leclerc, um, starting at 12th on the grid after a grid penalty, um, finishing in third. That is That has got to be the best they could have hoped for. And and it's remarkable that Ferrari didn't mess it up. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it is the best they could have hoped for. We've seen Charles has never finished uh, on the podium when he's started any lower than seventh. Uh, but today was just a, an absolute fantastic effort. Ferrari actually put all the stops through properly. No, uh, no issues there. Uh, unfortunately, he had to pick up a little bit of the slack with uh, with his teammate getting knocked out. But, um, you know, Charles drove really well. We had some great battles between him and Max uh, with that uh, that pit stop that um, that was mentioned. But uh, I think, yeah, he, he really got the most out of it. And Ferrari should be happy with what they got today. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, it's not going to mean anything. Um, all they can get is second place, obviously, uh, uh, as has been mentioned. And, uh, and and even then, that's sort of a bit of a toss-up at this point. Um, uh, rounding out the... Uh, sorry, coming up in fourth, we then have Sergio Perez, who, um, given a sort of a race that would have been more to his strength, I know he did have... Um, that penalty uh, to take, obviously that's going to translate hopefully to a better performance next week. Um, but Sergio Perez, um, it was kind of weird. He didn't manage to do so much. I know he had that damage, Alex, but um, do you think without that, he might've been able to to mix it up for the podium, maybe get a one three. Yeah, I think he did. He could have done. I think because uh, he had the pace towards the end. Uh, it was catching the clear. I think he ran out of laps, but uh, I was surprised that Red Bull didn't replace that front wing, especially when we had the safety car periods. So I know it, it would have cost them time, but obviously not as much time had it been under green flag. Um, so, yeah, I think I think if Perez would probably feel a bit disappointed in that. He could have been on the podium himself, I think. Yeah, um, it's one of those things where you'd you'd weigh up the time you lost in the pit stop, uh, and and it's obviously a calculation they've made, but it's it's maybe not worked out the best way it could have done. Um, now, Jamie, we've got Land, uh, George Russell, sorry, in fifth place. Um, he obviously had a incident with uh, Carlos Sainz at the start, um, bit contentious over to who whose fault that was, um, but also a bit contentious uh, is is the level of penalty he got. Um, bearing in mind that he's managed to still finish in fifth place, which is not bad where he's considering where he started. Um, is that is has this been a good race rig, uh, outside of that sort of penalty, or do you think he's kind of got got off scot free there? Well, <clears throat> you could argue he has. Carlos Sainz didn't finish two laps because of it uh, and he finished fifth uh, I think if that incident happened at any other time in the race he would probably would have got a slightly stiffer penalty I think luck came in his way because it was the first corner first lap they're always going to be a wee bit lenient uh, and obviously sometimes incidents force their hand and that did uh, I mean, it was his fault. He came up too fast on the inside and didn't give him space. Uh, and no, George, regardless of what you think he said and what you saw, he didn't cut in front of you. You hit him. Uh, so, yeah, I think five is probably fair because of that. But I don't think Ferrari Garage is going to agree with that assessment to be yeah, apparently that might, apparently that might not. Uh, sorry, George Russell's radio messages might not translate very well into Italian. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, then in uh, sorry, in sixth place, um, we've have Lando Norris, who you know he's finished where he started, which um, would be it'd be easy to write that off as a pretty average race, Jonah. But um, by comparison, you know, if if you'd actually watched the thing, you'd you'd be wondering where he got the speed from. Yeah, you know, if anybody, if they're watching the race, they'd, they'd know that we're seeing shades of Scenario 7 Lando from a couple of years ago. Uh, super late on the brakes, really aggressive. It's the racing that we really like to see. Um, and honestly, the racing that I didn't know that McLaren car was capable of. 
Um, it, it was really impressive to watch him kind of cut through really, really late on the breaks, you know, um, breaking later than anyone, uh, anyone else making all those moves in, in places. I didn't think he would either making that car look a lot better than it is. So I think P six, even though he started there after a few grid penalties got handed out, I think P six is something to be really proud of for him. That's uh, it was a great result overall after everything he went through. Absolutely. Stealing, uh, stealing sort of the plaudits for uh, late breaking from, uh, from Daniel Ricardo even, um, now, uh, seventh place, Fernando Alonso. Um, he had a bit of a tribula- uh, sort of a, a time with filled with tribulations. Really, um, we were wondering how he not managed to make it over to the airport and uh, and on, ended up on the uh, a, a, sorry air traffic control. Um, now, the the big thing, Alex, is uh, it's tough to ask you this, but whose fault would you say it is for? The, the the kind of incident that makes his, his seventh place finish remarkable. Well, it certainly was remarkable. It was quite a, it was a scary incident, wasn't it? I mean, as soon as that car was flagged, it was frightening close to the corner of the wall. If it hit that, it would have been a totally different story and probably a potentially serious one. Um, as to whose fault it was, that's a, that's a difficult question because I saw the onboard shoulders uh, start, to, start to move left. But on the other hand, you could argue that Fernando looked a bit slow in the uptake of, of that, and he, and he was allowing himself to get really close to him. I thought he might have moved over a little bit further or gone to the outside. Um, so yeah, it's a difficult one, although I'm sure Stroll must have seen him coming. So uh, I think it's probably 60-40 Stroll, Stroll's fault for me. But um, it, yeah, it was a very scary incident. And uh, how that Alpine with the suspension on that Alpine would stop that, I have no idea. Um, and then and then he comes in, into the pits, uh, gets a new front wing, and manages to finish seventh. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, I got to say, the only way I can describe it really is it's the most Fernando Alonso thing to have happened um, that I've seen in a long, long time, which is surprising given his career. Um, now, speaking of uh, the most Fernando Alonso thing to happen, um, Sebastian Vettel, eighth place, he has finished up in. Um, Starting from tenth, so obviously only two places, but it it was it was like we were saying shades of the old Sebastian, wasn't it, Joby? Oh yeah, I mean that I was cheating it on in the last lap when he was passing Magnussen. Uh, that Aston Martin looked amazing, and uh, I don't think there's any Formula One fan that wasn't emotional watching that sixteen point eight second pit stop when he was up there and could have been fighting for a wee podium. That was a shame. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's a shame he couldn't have replicated that during his Ferrari time, but it's nice to see when he's going into his last three races of his career. Uh, you know, it was it was uh, definitely good stuff. Probably one of the drive. It's the rare race where you've got three or four contenders for driver of the day and they all deserve it. And Sebastian's one of them. So. Yeah, 100%. It's going to make our jobs a little bit difficult later. Um now we move down. Uh, we move down the order to uh, number ninth place. That is Kevin Magnuson, who has really put in a sort of a a, a kind of a ridiculously good showing, wouldn't you say, Joda? Um, really, you know, bearing in mind the contentious position that they are in in the constructors, um, things are starting to get come to a head here. Um, Kevin Magnuson taking the uh, sorry, taking two points. Um, Sort of a remarkably good performance. Obviously, it came at the expense right at the death there, but um, really great from to see from him starting thirteenth. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a great performance from uh, from Kevin Magnuson. It's uh, it's shades of the older Kevin Magnuson we saw, uh, and, and I was really impressed. I mean, the other thing too to to consider with that is uh, he's in a house on on home turf, so it's always nice to see that team do well, uh, especially especially anywhere in the United States. So um, watching that was was really entertaining, and you know, it kind of came as a shock as to how he was in in P eight and then P nine after that uh, last lap battle with Sebastian, but. Uh, I think he did great, and you know, uh, as much as much as I don't want to say it, I was I was rooting for him there for for Haas on home turf. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's it's really great to see. Hopefully, this is sort of a resurgence. Um, this is the lowest we see them, and and they get back onto into better uh, better pastures next year. Um, speaking of better pastures next year. Um, actually, I don't know where I was going with that. Yuki Sonoda, Alex, tenth place, started nineteenth. It's kind of astounding, really, given the given how how slow the Alphatari seemed to be this weekend. It is. It was a solid performance from Yuki Sonoda because uh, I've been one of his major critics, really. Anyone who's spoken to me over, over the period of his Formula One career, but no, he drove, he drove a very good race. Uh, got a, got a point and uh, much needed for Alphatari because they because they're still ninth in the championship, I think, which is bizarre considering the previous two seasons, but. Um, but yeah, it was good from Sonoda. I'm just going to go back to your previous question, though, when you asked me about Stroll. And I was going to change my mind completely and just say that, yeah, I've got to play the blame on Stroll because I'll just watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, I'm glad to, that's interesting that you've done that. That's uh, that's completely thrown me off. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, you can, you can you can say, well, the, the car behind has to pass and get round uh, as, as, as cleanly as possible and, and not hit the other driver. But then again, if one of them's moving as the other car is move, uh, is is going out to make his move, it, that's a little bit late. <laughs> it did look like a, a very late move and there was no space on the outside, as I previously suggested. Yep, no worries. Um, glad we've cleared that up, actually. It makes us look less stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then uh, another sort of shock result that I didn't see coming. We have Esteban Ocon uh, Coops uh, in in 11th place. He's, he's sort of flown up with, with Yuki Tsunoda after starting last. Yeah, it's that Alpine and Ocon uh, Alonso's well. They're, they're very solid cars and they're, they're doing well and they shouldn't be close to McLaren for that fourth place spot. Yeah. Uh, no, I've never. I'm not a fan of Ocon, or I wasn't a fan of Ocon. I don't know what it was about him. I just didn't like him, and I hate him because he's making me like him. <laughs> uh, I'm actually quite enjoying watching him now, and I'll be interested to see how he gets on with Gasly next year. Uh, but yeah, it was f- for the race that had so much going on. He was largely anonymous. He just came out the pits at the the you know because it was a pit lane start. Stayed away from all the hassle. Uh, and I don't actually remember him doing anything wrong. He just slowly got up the field, a bit like Albon, which we'll probably touch on. He just appeared in the, in the 11th, and you're like, oh, well, there he's there. So, yeah, a, a very typical Ocon drive, to be honest. Yeah, it's a great point you make. I have uh, often said that I don't know I don't know how uh, Esteban Ocon got to the position he's in, but there he is. Um arguably that's it's kind of nice to be boring in those ways yeah. um similarly alexander albon who as you touched on um in 12th place which i didn't really i, I literally didn't see it um <laughs> joda um how, do, can you shed some light on how he's managed to do that 
Well, if I'm not mistaken, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think he started eighth. Uh, so he's actually dropped a fair amount of positions. Um, but then again, being the the realistic Formula One fan that I am, I can't really blame the guy. He's in a Williams. That car is the slowest by a landslide. Um, so I think anything higher than, you know, P15 or P16 is an impressive drive in a Williams car. Um, now, obviously, Alex Albani, he's really showing that that Williams has more potential when he's behind the wheel of it. It's hard to uh, to make the comparison with your teammate in this sense. Um, even as a Canadian, I, I can admit that. Um, but uh, I think, you know, Albon, he's showing some promise in that car. It's just really not enough machinery to get him where I know he can be. Uh, we saw him do it in the Red Bull a few times, but unfortunately, he just doesn't have the uh, the machinery under him. Yeah, of course. Um, it's one of those things that's been, we've said it for years, but um, at least he's not painting the uh, painting the barriers by proxy um, with that Williams. Um after that, we have Zhou Guan Yu, uh, who I kind of don't know where. Well, I mean, it's 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 a fairly good performance, isn't it, from uh, from uh, from him, Alex? Sorry, um, but still, sort of, you know, the best they could have hoped for, given the issues with Bottas. Yeah, he, he had, did reasonably well in qualifying. You know, the, the race pace just sadly wasn't there, and uh, I think he might have been a bit flustered by getting a warning for track limits that might have slowed him down a little bit. Uh, but so yeah, they just missed out on points. Um, so, and they had, and uh, with Bottas not scoring for a long time, uh, yeah, they, they need to regain the form they had in the early season. Uh, need to need to pick up some more points. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's a big issue right, right right where they are in the table, and it's one of those things that's gonna that may well end up uh, costing them. Uh, right then, um, we have Pierre Gasly, who, as much as he's only dropped three places, it was kind of a shocking race, wasn't it, Coops, for him? Oh, it was an absolute cluster. Uh, was it ten? Uh, dropped ten, ten car lengths behind you on the safety car. Came in to do his five seconds uh, penalty, then didn't do that right, and then had to. Uh, I don't know if it was resolved. Did he have to come back in? I, I, I can't remember that much. I believe on. you do have to come back in. So luckily, yeah. they did. They did manage to count to five the second time. <laughs> I don't know how you get that wrong. There's someone standing with a stopwatch, and when it when it changes from four to five, you go and do your work. It's not hard. Maybe they need to speak to a vampire from Sesame Street to help them out. I don't know, but yeah, it was. It it, it was. It's a shame, but it, it, again, it epitomizes. The Alpha Tauri season, they've been so lackluster. Their cars, it's just not a good car. And he's struggling with it. Uh, qualifying, Gasly was really critical of the team, which, you know, it's quite interesting to find that he's got a contract for another team that's not Red Bull and then he's that critical. Uh, I don't think that's got anything to do with it at all. Uh, but yeah, not, not, a, not a race that Gasly... Or Alpha Tower, do you really want to remember, to be honest? No. Um, you know, it's bad when you're struggling to warm up tyres at Cota, uh, for example. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just been a bad race uh, for him. Um, somebody who it wasn't a bad race for, and, uh, and it was actually showing kind of some promise, uh, for me at least, uh, was Mick Schumacher, Jonah. Uh, 15th place, um, which is... I've got to say, kind of impressive. Um, shades of his dad there. 
<laughs> oh man, I was gonna say, you know, it's it's uh it's tough to say, oh yeah, that's an impressive performance from a Schumacher when it's uh P15, but you know, he was showing some pretty good uh, some pretty good strides there in mid race, uh, you know, competing in the points, dealing with that four car scrum uh, when Magnuson had kind of pulled away a little bit, but uh, you know, it was uh it was okay. I obviously wouldn't say it was his best Grand Prix, but you know, any Grand Prix where where Mick keeps it you know, decently far away from the walls. I like to consider a good one. Uh, I'm really rooting for the guy. I, I really want to see him do well. He's a young kid and I'm sure he's got a lot of promise, you know? Um, I mean, how can you not when you come from a family like that, but it's just, it's a little bit underwhelming in my opinion, especially seeing how high uh, Kevin placed the car. But then again, um, Kevin's got a lot more experience under his belt. I think if Mick gets those laps and gets those hours, we can see the same. It's just a matter of if he's going to get that or not. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, with <laughs> not to not to pour water on the on the Barbie there, but uh, there is a certain amount of yeah. But he's not exactly outperforming the car, and his teammate is doing significantly better. Mm-hmm. Speaking of doing significantly better, uh, when you've got a teammate is uh, is Al- uh, sorry is uh, Daniel Ricciardo, Alex, um, the lowest position of someone who didn't spin. <laughs> <laughs> Just about sums up Ricardo's uh, season. I was going to say tenure at McLaren, but of course we, he did he did get that victory last year, so that kind of uh, is pours a little bit of solace onto it. But yeah, it was a poor race from Ricardo, and I think he's just counting down to the end of the season to get rid of that car. To be honest, yeah, it's counting down to retirement. I would say <laughs> at least for a year. Um, will he come back? That's the real question. Um, will he? I don't know, be passing his resume down people who do other forms of motorsport that's that's another question um apparently he's he's hinted he's got a reserve drive for sunday they think sky think it's red bull they don't have a reserve driver um, i would i would say there's a bit of ignominy there from going from red bull or going away from red bull so that you're not the second driver to going back to red bull where you're definitely the third driver how the tables have turned yeah I I don't personally I think Intersteiner came out and said they would definitely be interested in Ricardo he knows where we are you know and does Ricardo seem to think that he's still the driver that can get a top seat because he's not and it's better to be on the grid in a house than not on the grid at all so I think the ego might have caused a bit of an issue Uh, but you know it's not like he's not going to have enough money to keep himself busy. Uh, so, you know, if he feels being a reserve driver uh, in a Red Bull is better than being on a grid and a house, then, you know, that could also be the same kind of decision-making for leaving Renault to go to the McLaren. <laughs> uh, so. It must be nice. I mean, he's being paid out his contract if he can't find another seat, I believe. So, you know, I guess he'll be keeping his McLaren race car oh, sorry sorry mclaren road car that he almost certainly has um warm um now uh someone who is just keeping a seat warm let's be honest is nicholas latifi who oh. wants him oh go on then <laughs> i was gonna say clearly no one in the f1 community but unfortunately we do have to talk about him um i think he was yeah no no he's last yeah, last. Just, just. It took two thirds of the race for Ricardo to pass him. Shows you how much Ricardo was pushing, uh, and he was largely anonymous for a long time. And then he got a penalty for pushing somebody off the track. You're like, oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> uh, you're, you're lucky it was Kota because there isn't a wall right next to the car. Uh, 
and then he came last. So, yeah. Yeah, it seems um, Lavazza money can't save you um, from poor talent. We've been saying this all season. Actually, I think we've been saying it for about three seasons now. Um, yeah, yeah that's like, you kind of... Now, I've got a theory. I thought he was a better driver than he was, but he was just shadowed behind George Russell because George Russell is just one of those people that come in and he's just once in a generation, fling him in a crap car and he's brilliant and you're like, wow. Uh, and I thought, okay, it'll be good. I think something got into his head with the Abu Dhabi fallout because him and his partner got a lot of hassle and got a lot of threats and a lot of stuff online. And he... You'll say it's not affecting him. But I don't know how it can't affect you. But it was it was terrible. I think you know Lewis Hamilton came off, uh, you know, social media for a long time. He had to. He came out and said he had to do it. You know, I think I think he kind of lost the fire for Formula One, but didn't want to admit it because of that. I think there's more to it than just him not being particularly good. Uh, you know, but you know he, he's given it a shot. He's got himself some points. He's now moved up to 20th in a 20-driver championship. Good on him. You know, power to the Latifi. Uh, you know, and he'll go away and do whatever he wants to do uh, next year. I'm sure he's got talent. You know, it could just be that Formula 1's just not his. You know, he might be a good sports car driver, might do well in Le Mans. He might, there, there might be some form of driving that he's decent at. It just, it just didn't seem to click for him. I think he'll end up in IndyCar next year. And then he'll win the Indy 500 and we'll be like, eh, what? <laughs> Marcus Sorry, Ericsson what, as well. Uh, what then? Okay. I mean, I, we've, let's carry on. I just think he's, he's just not adapted to the 2022 cars. I think uh, last season he he was doing, okay. obviously the Abu Dhabi uh, scenario will have affected him. But I, I think this season, it's especially due to the fact that the cars have changed. I just don't think he's adapted to it as well as, well as other drivers have. I think that's. Uh, I think you can put Ricardo in that as well. It's just not. It happens to drivers over the years. Drivers fall into the new regulations, and then sometimes Formula One just goes away from them. If you see, in that sort of way, so I think you know, as you've said, Latifi's probably been a victim of that. I think Ricardo as well, because the way the car has to be set up, he's not able to give the confidence in the braking for Ricardo. So took away his kind of ammunition that he usually has. So it happens and it'll always happen. They'll change the regulations again and somebody won't adapt and that'll be that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a there's a lot to be said for all of the points that you guys have made there. Um we move now into the uh, into the non finishers. We have Lance Stroll, obviously we've heard Alex's uh, opinion on it. Um Jonah, where do you think uh who would you sort of put the blame on for for that accident? Because um, there was a point where we were thinking, you know what, Lance Stroll is doing, uh, and, and Sebastian Vettel before the awful pit stop, was doing a great job of actually keeping up the points in that team. Yeah, um, honestly, it's a pretty, uh, it's pretty cut and dry for me. It's definitely uh, Latifi or not Latifi, uh, definitely um, Stroll's fault. Sorry, I, force of habit. No, uh, it's, <laughs> it's definitely Stroll's fault. I mean, that's uh, that's way too late of a move to make. Um, especially when you're doing 270 kilometers an hour, uh, that's just, it's just a dangerous move. 
Um, and I mean, we saw the the, con- the consequences of that. I- I'm blown away that Fernando kept going. I absolutely blown away that he. It's like when he limped the the McLaren back to the the pits in Azerbaijan on like one tire. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that. yeah, absolutely blown away that he kept going. But uh, yeah, for me, it's pretty cut and dry. I gotta. Um, I got to place the blame on my fellow countrymen. That is absolutely Stroll's fault. Way too late of a move and a very dangerous one at that. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> Jamie, do you have anything to say for that one? Oh, no. Oh, okay, sorry. I was going to say, do you have anything to say for that one with the uh, Stroll incident? Uh, no, no, sorry. I didn't hear it was me you were talking to. My apologies. That's uh, oh, all right. No, no worries. That's my uh, fault. I speaking up. Yeah, I, no, it's it was there was somebody tweeted on on Twitter. I found at the end of the race that it was a hundred percent Alonso's fault, and I'm like, <laughs> as you could probably gather, Twitter didn't quite come down with on their side of the opinion. Um, <laughs> no, he's right. He moved over far too late, and it was it was very much like as Martin Brundle said that could have been an airplane accident, as he likes to say every so often. Uh, it was bad enough just looking at it, and you know if you're going to make a mistake like that, you're you're glad that your dad owns the team. Uh, that's all I should say. Yeah, uh, I think perfectly put. Valtteri um, Bottas, I don't. Does it? Um, does anyone actually know what he retired from? Because I don't re- remember. Off, uh, yeah, he beached yeah. it. Oh, he, of course he uh, did. Well, how? Right, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, that is that is a that is a failing on my part to not remember the only thing that kicked this race back off. Um, d- did he lose it, or yeah. was it? Yeah, lost he just it, lost, it, lost the back end. Now, just uh, uh, coming around. It was the same place as a. Uh, was it Geo? Was it the same bit where Geo Vanazzi went off in practice, or was it uh, a bit later? That was where Latifi was, went off. Is that where Latifi yeah. spun? Yeah, that's yeah. where Latifi spun. Um, Bottas uh, lost the rear at turn uh, exit at turn nineteen and bend it in the uh, in the gravel trap. Uh, is, that, is that like the only gravel trap in that whole track? One of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he found it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's something to be said for, but oh, that's that's funny. That uh, no, I was, I'm assuming it was wind that caught him out. Uh, I think that's where the wind was coming from. Um, we'll, we'll, I was about to say we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but then again, it's Bottas. Like, you should know you, better. You can't. There's 20 drivers there, and he's the only one at Bindle like that. Uh, <laughs> it could have just been a freak bit of wind or whatever, but you know, the Alpha Tauris, since everybody, Alpha Tauri, Alpha Romeo, since they've all kind of, everybody else has caught up and surpassed them, and they've been left behind ever since then. You're, they've kind of, just languaged and been largely anonymous for pretty much the second half of the season. If my memory serves me right, Bottas hasn't had any points. It's like Canada. Yeah. It's yeah. We, uh, races now without points. Yeah. He's going to reach the number of races uh, without points that Max has won in the season. Oh, nice. That's... I think he might because he's at nine now. And there's what three left? Yeah, if he doesn't okay. get any points in the next three, then yeah, it'll be twelve. It'll be twelve. He'll get yeah, so yeah. just under. Yeah, well, assuming Max doesn't win anymore, which I think well. is highly unlikely. But still, that's that's when you're approaching though, that's bad. Um, even as a as a backmarker team, and um, lastly, I, I that unfortunately there's not a lot we can say about Carlos Sainz because he did about seven hundred meters. Yes. Um, clearly, I think that was George's fault, to be honest. Um, but then again, the, the, 
I, I, I was about to put a bit of blame on on science there, but it could have turned out of that. It would like save yourself. Go go off at T one. Do a Rosberg. He was reacting to what was in front of him, though, because Max came out the inside, so he had to react to that mm. and didn't know that Russell was giving it the kamikaze down the inside. <laughs> so it was all you, you wouldn't have expected the Rus- Russell to be there. Sorry, I'm fight- I've got a kitten that keeps messing around with my headphones, so that's why I'm looking odd. Uh, so yeah, I, you, you can't blame Saints. He's not going to expect that Mercedes to be down the inside. Uh, and yeah, if you look at as I think as uh, Martin Brando says uh, that if he if he doesn't get any luck, he gets none or some words to that effect. It just always happens to him. He's in pole position. His teammates way down the order, and he's out before the end of the first lap. Just uh, what can you say? It never quite works out. Um, though I guess it does save the whole awkward conversation that Ferrari would have to have about who was actually number two and number one, and <laughs> you know they'd, they'd actually have to pick. Um, no, that rounds out our, our, our order for today. Um, we've had to whiz through that a little bit. It is quite late, um, but yeah, um, I'll stay with you, uh, Coops. Um, who is your driver of the day today? Fernando Alonso. Fair enough. You I don't can... think anyone. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You can. He, he's driving brilliantly anyway. That car should have been in about fifteen hundred bits because it hit the back of another car, then hit a wall. I mean, it didn't avoid the wall; it hit the wall, and it was quite a substantial hit. And the only problem was a broken front wing, and then he drags it way back up into the points. Uh, as you said earlier, it's the most Fernando Alonso thing we've seen. It's probably uh, as Jonas says since Baku, uh, way back in his McLaren days. Uh, and then I, just before we started, there's a picture of his onboard camera, uh, and he's just sitting on the front the front wheel of his car, just slumped over. You know, just like uh, he left everything on that track. Uh, that man just reminds everybody that he should be more than just a two-time world champion. Yeah, exactly. Um, you should probably should have won the Indy 500. Probably should have got another five, another three world titles. Well, if, uh, you're, least, if you're at least a, another one. Yeah, if you're the guy who runs the team in Indy, uh, actually remember to order your steering wheel on time. You know that could have been a good, a good help. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or just pay someone else to do it and don't yeah. have a Honda as your engine supplier. Um, yeah. You know, classic. It's also classic Fernando Alonso to go to a, to be dominant in another sport for a little bit, and then you know be burdened by the same problems you have at your original team that you're taking a hiatus from. Um, uh, Jonah, who is your driver of the day? Uh, you know what? I'm going to be a little bit different. I'm going to say Sebastian Vettel. Um, now, is it prob- is it probably Fernando Alonso? Yeah, um, but you know what, Sebastian Vettel, uh, to have that Aston Martin so high up, and the only reason, in my opinion, he, he's that far off a podium is uh, is that pit stop. But you know, we saw shades of of Red Bull Vettel. We saw we saw shades of 2018 Ferrari Vettel um, at the end of the race there, and leading his 35th hundred lap in Formula One. Uh, I got to give it to the four time world champion Sebastian Vettel. Absolutely, um, I don't think. I hope I never forget. Sebastian Vettel hustling the car right, 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 uh, around turn eighteen, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, that one, that one, I hope it lives long in my memory. Um, and Alex, who is your driver of the day? Well, I was going to go with Sebastian Vettel as well, um, for all the reasons that Jonah just said. I mean, he's your, he's your fantastic race. If it wasn't for that bad pit stop, he could have potentially been P five. Um, 
going to give an honourable mention as well to Kevin Magnuson. He did a good job with it, just a one pit stop strategy. And I just also so I could say someone different. Yeah, fair enough. Um, which is great because that means I get to say it's Lando Norris. That's my driver <laughs> of the day. Um, yeah, I, I was I was spellbound by some of those overtakes. Um, I know some of them were into that they were into favourable player places, um, either at the end of end of the long straight or end of the first, uh, end of the main straight. But either way, um, it's difficult to get an overtake like that done, and he managed to do it. I think on four separate occasions, which is kind of ridiculous, um, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, but yeah, that's that rounds out our show today. Um, and so, um, I would ask, where can we find you, Alex? Where can we find anything you might write or say? Uh, probably nowhere, nowhere at all. Uh, I'm, I'm quite uh, uh, t- taking a bit of a break from doing things like that, but uh, I like to make the odd appearance on here now and again. So uh, I'll continue with that. That is absolutely fair enough. Uh, I, I can I can sympathise. <laughs> uh, it's it's a it's a it's a long old slog this season. Um, and Coops, where can we find you? Hey, I am on uh, everything F one. Uh, do a podcast there. Uh, you find us at Join EF one on Twitter and all your other socials. If you want to chat to me personally, God knows why. <laughs> uh, I'm new. I'm a bit more active on Twitter at Coops underscore EF one. Awesome. And Jono, uh, where can we find you? Uh, well, the gents and I aren't doing the podcast as much anymore because of school, but you can find us at the Soft Tire podcast on Instagram and uh, at the Soft Tire on Twitter. Uh, we also do a few episodes occasionally live on Twitch. So if you want to go hop on over there, that's Joner underscore or Joner F1 on Twitch. We do a lot on there. Awesome. Excellent. Um, and if you want to hear anything more from me, uh, just make sure you come back for the Grid Talk podcast. Uh, that's where I'll be. Um, writing is hard, <laughs> and when it comes to articles, um, so if you do want to do that, uh, just remember that Grid Talk is available on YouTube, where most rec- uh, where most episodes, sorry, are including this one, are recorded live, uh, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, and Pocket Cast. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and the race results. Um, please consider supporting uh, the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment for our presenters. Um, and you can get your hands on some uh, official Grid Talk merchandise uh, on www.f1.com chronicle.com forward slash store um make sure you subscribe to the first to know when each new weekly episode is released um we will be back soon with plenty of more f1 content thank you very much for listening and goodbye